What to expect on the 251st episode of the best podcast in all of higher education? How about the origin story of geotechnical juggernaut Brian Anderson, a full-scale infrastructure inspiration who's girding the loins of this nation's foundations? Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Well, War Eagle to all of you uh, fans of uh, incredible podcasts and uh, just content in general. Uh, I'm talking about the award-winning Hashtag Getting the Best Podcast at All of Higher Education, brought to you by the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing. I work for that place communications and marketing specialist is my game and uh jeremy henderson is my name and uh joined as always by my co-host with the co-most uh austin phillips over here in the uh the retro uh styled quarter zip looking good looking sharp we're the white knights today i got my white uh auburn engineering color safe sweatshirt on and like i say always tgfb tg (laughs) thank god for bruce thank god for bruce Uh, yes and today Thank God for Brian. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Jay Brian, actually, yeah. as I as I, as I call him. Uh, yeah, we got Austin Philly. He's the director of the Office of Communications and Marketing. We have uh, the star-spangled banner of recording excellence himself, Scott Key, over here on the knobs. That's be uh, you know Francis Scott Key. That's not your actual first name, is it? David, David Scott Key, close enough. Francis like should have been David. great, great, great nephew. Should have been like David. That. Austin, we've I'm had a, David. a lot of uh, assistant professors, associate professors. Those are different, by the way. Yeah. Today Did we finally have the real McCoy. Okay. The real deal, an actual just professor, full stop. Mm-hmm. Period. Brian Anderson or Jay? Do we want Jay Brian or Brian? You can just say Brian. Brian. Yeah. All right. Brian Anderson, a professor. Cassie, you hear that? <laughs> Professor of uh, civil or in the Department of Civil Environment, in, civil and environmental engineering, geotechnical. So, do you say a geotechnical professor, a professor of you know geotechnical engineering? Is that what we say? I mean, fair enough, but I mean, we're all part of one family in civil and environmental engineering. So. Well, I you know because sometimes I see the structural folks. I'm like, do they like to be thought of as that? The, the geotech, you they're know? just trying to be fancy. Yeah, Jack tries to be real. Special. How long did it take you to adopt the and and environmental? Uh, you know, it, it was it was pretty fast. I mean, it uh, naturally many departments have already migrated that way. So we were one of the last few, uh, but I mean, it was pretty natural because we do have a, a very strong environmental piece yes, in our department. So, yes, we right. do. Uh, so I'd say it's natural. It's good for our department. So. Great. Well, let's start at the beginning. Well, how do we get? Well, let's go even back. Where are you from originally? I'm from North Carolina. Hey, all right. Uh, what part? Western North Carolina. Western. What? Like how western are we talking? Not about? all the way western, but kind of. Uh, if you drew a straight line between Charlotte and Asheville, I'm about halfway there. So basically, mine and Jer's compass is Mount Airy, mm-hmm. and from there. 
Yeah, in Pilot Mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pilot Mountain and mm. Mount Airy. That's the that's the only places that we really know. In, so so in go go west from okay. Pilot Mountain. All right, all right. About an hour, there we and go. that's where you're going to get there. There we city. go. I mean, were you an Andy Griffith Show fan? Well, you couldn't you could not see it. It was when when we were out of school and it was reruns. I mean, it was Andy Griffith. You, you know, I can't whistle. So I did you feel it. a connection? Dude? Oh, I'm like you can't whistle at all. I can't. I can't. That's a that's a, well, that's look a at that. something I, I can do <laughs> that an engineer well, can't. What what I get is he said was. Yeah, yeah, like it, it's on right. Like if we pull my camera up, I've got it on for my dog right now. Also, <laughs> I'm not lying. If it's we, on my, it's on my TV almost twenty four. If seven. we pull my cam, my dog camera up, we can watch some episodes. Hey, we could, we could, we could. <laughs> um, so you're an NC, NC State man. I am undergraduate from NC State. Yeah. Okay. Why? Why the decision? I mean, a lot of great schools in North Carolina. A lot of good engineering schools. Uh, why? Why NC State? You know, I grew up in uh, ACC country, which is, you know, back then, you know, ACC basketball was, was a big deal back in the 80s. And so I picked, you know, everybody else liked that blue school. And, you know, I was with the the, the, the black sheep, and we were all fans of the red school. And, yeah. And then I, I went to a very interesting high school, the North Carolina School for Science and Mathematics, and uh, that was in Durham. And there were quite a few of us that uh, were aspiring engineers, and that was uh, our destination of choice was to go just – from Durham to Raleigh, so a big cohort of us went there, you know, and uh, I was, uh, I didn't really know what I was going to do. To be honest, I grew up around construction. Uh, my father, uh, we you know, built houses with him when I was a kid and uh, worked in a building supply, so people said, be a civil engineer, and I'm like, okay, I just listened to the advice, and um, so after high school, went on to NC State, I thought I knew what I wanted to do, wandered in the desert a little bit, and then uh, finally, by the time I was about a junior it kind of sunk in about okay this civil engineering stuff's pretty cool and uh and then i had a project that made a huge difference i uh, got out on a you know a lot of us worked for uh, ncdot in the summer doing surveying work and uh, i got assigned a surveying crew we were setting out roads it was a yawner and then eventually i got put on a bridge and that changed my life a uh, big 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 bridge project and it changed my trajectory from there so Literal and uh, metaphorical yeah. bridge I into know. the next, uh, you know, phase of your career. Love that. Well, uh, okay. Well, get us to Auburn. Speaking of bridges, how do we, how do we get well, to the best school? That's quite a path because uh, I did finish my undergraduate at NC State, um, and I elected to stay on uh, to get a master's degree. Still not sure what I want to do with my life. I knew I was going to be civil. I'd pick geotechnical. And in fact, one of my professors there was the son of one of the most uh, famous geotechnical professors in history. And um, spent about a year thinking about what I wanted to do. And then uh, one day, an advisor, I had already applied to several schools, and he had picked up my application the year before. He's at the University of Florida. He called, left a message on my answering machine. And my wife called me, and she said, you need to call the house. This is back before voicemail and all. You need to call the house, hit the, hit the one or the two, and listen to that tape playback. This guy is calling from the University of Florida and says he wants to know if you want to come to school down here. And I'd already, you know, I'd already turned down going because I took the money to stay at NC State. But this guy, he called me and I said, you know, and then I talked to some friends of mine. They said this guy named Frank Townsend called you and said, I "Want you to come to school?" And they said, "Go." They said, "Go. Do whatever you got to do. Go." So I was a year in, and I said, okay, I'm going to leave. So I abandoned my master's degree halfway through. See you, Wolfpack. <laughs> transferred to Florida to finish out and, um, and then spent six years 
working side by side with like the best advisor in the business. And we did great research for bridges. We did great geotechnical research. And then, um, then towards the end, um, uh, my wife and I um, suddenly found ourselves uh, with a baby on the way. I was about to graduate. Um, and then uh, he said, you know, why don't you stay here an extra year and postdoc with me? He said, that'll help you get started, get your family going. And so I stayed an extra year. Then we had that thing happen in 2000, uh, 2001 when uh, uh, the economy came to a halt. Um, and there was one job open that next year. It was in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I got the one geotechnical job in the country, went to Charlotte, spent about eight years there, seven and a half. And uh, one of the geotechnical faculty here is about to retire, very well-known man, Dan Brown, respect him a lot, took me to the bar one night and said, I'm about to retire. He said, I think you'd you'd be good down here. And um, after that night at the bar, and about a year later, I was down here. I think that's our first bar story uh, for like coming (laughs) here. That's pretty good. What did old Frank see in you? I mean, not only is Frank, you know, just begging for you to come down there, then you get the only geotechnical job in the country then one year. I mean, what's, what's, uh, something's you going know, on. Uh, you, you, it wasn't bear goggles. No, and it was not. He was, he was sober. No, he was sober. sober. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think he, he looked at, uh, he looked at a missed opportunity in the beginning because, you know, I'm a graduate coordinator now and I know how graduate recruiting can be a challenge and all. And they were late in making offers, and I got a call that said, you know, we they were expecting me to show up at Florida, even though I started at NC State. And he took that chance, and he said, you know, I still liked your application. I liked that you, you were interested in foundations. You were interested in the things that he was interested in. And he said, I'm going to take one more chance and see if I can get you to come down here. So my wife and I got on a train in Raleigh, North Carolina, went overnight to Waldo, Florida, which is – I can't even give you a comparison about how rural that is. <laughs> they dump us out at the curb and say, see you later. And uh, a, a guy drives up in a rental truck that we take from him, and he has to walk back to wherever he was going and literally drove into Gainesville for the first time. And uh, so, again, that, that one call, you know, was, was so important, and it changed my life. So, yeah. Mm. Well, that's the Mandy Griffith Show stuff right there, that's taking a train stuff. to Florida and then getting picked up in a truck. That's pretty good. Well, uh, so when you when you got here, I mean, we we really have as a college, we've we've sunk some resources, some 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 time and energy, and uh, person all, all kind of stuff into geotech, uh, specifically you know, in, in structural. We got this twenty two million dollar you know uh, trophy over here. Uh, Ace, do y'all call it ASL? So we'll call it ASL. Yes, ASL. Okay. All right. Well, and what I love about Advanced Structural Engineering Laboratory is um you know the governor had made had made a call to um help fund projects that would have an impact on the state and this was one that we'd been talking about we've outgrown harbert um our structures lab in harbert we've not necessarily outgrown the facility in in total but our structures lab in there we could we can't get trucks in there we limited you know things so uh you know, the state, the governor's office helped back this project. Um, and we've already seen just the, how it's taken off, um, and the work that's being done in there. So just, just tell us a little bit about the game changer that the advanced structural engineering laboratory has been for not only this university, but personally for your work. Well, and, and let me start with me, cause I think that's a good, good, good direction to go. 
you know, I'm a, I'm a foundations guy predominantly. Uh, whatever goes underneath everything you see is what I get involved in. So I interface with the structural engineers, almost every one of our faculty I work with on research. And um, so it was a natural fit for me to be involved with that planning and the facility. And when we were programming the facility, you know, I tell people on tours that, you know, we, we were really highlighting the strengths that we already have and trying to build on those. And we have people who are very good at, at girder work, uh, people who want to do vertical construction. Um, and I said, well, geotechnical is a really big part of this. So, uh, so we made sure that it served everyone um, very well and it would be a, a unique facility. Um, so, again, having come from NC State, they built a facility 20, 25 years ago. Um, and I learned from their mistakes about what they wish they had done uh, when they built their facility and others. And I said, I need to have the ability to do geotechnical research in unison with the structural research and oftentimes together. So we did build the geotechnical chamber. We designed that a uh, 20 foot deep by 24 foot long by 10 feet wide. We call it chamber in the floor where we can actually build our own soil profiles, install foundations, retaining walls, anything you, 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 uh, you could uh, dream up. We can build almost at full scale, if not full scale, and that is a game-changing facility. Uh, for my work, uh, it's accelerated my work, uh, and it's accelerating that of our other geotechnical faculty and structural participation as well. So it is a, it is a game-changer for everyone. We're seeing massive gains in work not only for transportation but private industry and as well as defense. So yeah, that's so awesome. I mean, we we had folks go around the nation looking at these uh, structures labs to try to get very similar to what we did with Brown Copel in terms of let's go see what's out there and put all together the best parts. And uh, I want to say Purdue does have a geotech chamber, but not within the facility. It's outside the facility. So having it inside the facility, uh, again, weather, I mean, all kinds of things. It, it just, it's just amazing of, of what we're able to do. And let me, let me piggyback on you saying inside. It's not only inside the facility. It's inside of the strong floor, yes. which is the highlight of the structure's yes. lab. And that is something no one has. Then that means we can build structure inside and we can load to millions of pounds, which is a, again, another game-changing aspect take so. it purdue <laughs> i love it straight from the horse's mouth don't. yeah I, seriously you per don't have a chamber on the inside um yeah so you are the harry potter to the geotechnical test chamber of secrets i was always wondering like who was the one who insisted upon this thing i mean i'm you know sounds like uh we're talking to him See, I, I get the andy griffith references that one went over well that's me. the first yeah. that's the first book and second book yeah. john my bad thank you thank you thank you um <laughs> nerd, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh well yeah i mean it is um it's been several i guess three or four four years now and uh so it does sound like i mean there was always the potential for it we're having tours and there's all these things but it sounds like it's i mean it's just paying off in spades um so so that's great the uh the gpo uh aspect of things so what, what do you do in that role graduate program graduate officer. program yes. i call it gpo yeah, it stands for graduate down, program officer yep, yep. so you know, I, I put on this hat about, not quite a year ago. Um, so we, you know, we think about overall admissions for the university, like undergraduate, there's a whole office that handles that. For graduate students, it's far more uh, department-based and college-based. So in order for us to be able to match students who are applying with faculty who need researchers and, and students who are seeking non-research degrees, 
it's a bit more uh, more local as far as our evaluation. We don't have one yardstick. We need to look at a holistic way of evaluating candidates and identifying the strengths that any faculty might need. So there's a lot of business that comes through the department of uh, identifying, uh, retrieving applications from the graduate school, interfacing with the graduate school, uh, from application to getting people admitted, arrived, paid, and eventually thesis written, dissertation written, graduated, and get them out the door. So there's a, a lot of administration that goes along with that. That um, So that's what a GPO, in kind of in a nutshell, is going to do. So. Well, and it's awesome that you have that your own personal backstory of that relationship of you being recruited, uh, that you, it, you realize how much of an impact it had on you that you're able to do that for current and future graduate students as well here. Because, again, that's something uh, – our office traditionally before I got in this role was a communication shop and that's something Dr. Roberts really challenged we let's put the marketing back in communications and marketing uh, but then I you know I challenged him to what are other ways that our office can help uh, and we've really gotten involved with the graduate program uh, recruitment efforts and, and seeing that closer seeing how personal that is uh, it, it is much different than the undergraduate um, recruiting process and to see what you all do in civil across all the departments to get in these these uh, graduate students who are so vital to the research that we're we're conducting here the lives we're changing here you know there there are a lot of times there are hands in our feet um, so it's really awesome to, to to see you in that role and to be able to continue what was imparted on you yeah definitely austin not only is brian here all about that engineering but it from what i've read and listened to Sounds like he's also all about that base. Huh? The Darlings? No. <laughs> oh, man. You, uh, you're a bass player, right? Like a rock and roller, aren't you? I was walking down here thinking it's been, uh, about, I've been playing bass for about 38 years. Wow. You'd think, you think I'd that, be better at this point. It's a bass point, player. But, you know. Well, it's uh, a backup. It's your fault. Yeah, it's your safety. Yeah, well, just, just a side note. I mean, I when I was an undergrad, I had a band and with some friends that I grew up with and literally I had a choice. I said I could either go on tour, abandon this engineering thing or stay in school for the sure paycheck. And at that point I couldn't get my bandmates to really commit to like buying a van and doing that thing. And I said, well, I'm going to stay in school. So, well, you could have done both <laughs> Brian Anderson and the foundation. Uh, see, I feel like, I feel like Jim Lindsay has left Freddie fleet <laughs> yeah. and making a name for himself. Yes. Well, so, all right. I, I, from what I understand uh, from a recent presentation or something, it looks like you may have uh, kind of married the two interests uh, a little bit. Well, or not. <laughs> no. Or not at yeah, all. We'll okay. that out, so was, I didn't know if maybe the base, you know, was shaking the foundations of uh, everything. Okay. Just, just a, well, tell me about this this uh, this presentation recently. Well, something just, about rock and roll. It, ASCE did a um, – are challenging faculty give presentations about themselves and half of it is about you and half of it is about your research. So part of it is you don't talk about your research and you talk about you so they know who you are beyond teaching and research. So they got to see the the music and the fast cars side of me and then then they got to see the research, which was about working large, which I can explain that at at some point too. Working large? Yeah. I mean, we're all working large. What do you mean? (laughs) 
most of the work that I have is at full scale, like uh, full scale infrastructure work is what I get involved in, not laboratory level. Not modeling. Not we modeling. ain't talking Legos. No, no, no. full scale. Uh, transportation conference, were you involved in that yeah. uh, this year? I, I just went yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, Alabama Transportation Conference, we've hosted for nearly like 70 years. Now. 60, this was the 67. 67 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, over a thousand folks from DOT, private, public, you know, are here. Uh, and again, just cementing, no pun intended, yeah. uh, Love it. that we are we are the oh. Transportation Institute in the state of Alabama. The dominance there, there, is just the structures lab is a, is more evidence of that. Um, the work that NCAT does with over thirty five DOTs across the nation. Um, we are the Transportation Institute, and that was evident this week. Again, uh, had it in Birmingham this year, um, so just just a great event. And, and I know you'd been part of it in the past when I when I was covering it. So, so just great event. Glad to see that you were able to be a part of it again. Going forward in the future, to ensure the actual, you, you hear a lot of stories these days. Buildings, you know, I don't know, tragic things, things collapsing. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember the specifics, but every now and then you hear about these things and you get a little bit concerned. Sometimes I walk around, I'm like, okay, I jump up a little bit. Things are good. Uh, going forward, what are the, I don't know, what, what are the ma- major issues impacting the, the industry in which, you know, geotech, you know, is applied to? If that makes any sense, what are the main thing? What what's the new frontier? Well, one thing that we are working with right now, and uh, kind of goes with uh, work that one of my collaborators in, who was a former student, by the way, uh, uh, the NOAA work we're doing is looking sea level rise. Uh, and we had already gotten involved in sea level rise, and then uh, the collapse happened down in South Florida a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's what I which was had thinking. to do with a salt intrusion to an extent as well. So, you know, there's issues with rising water. And in, ter- short, in terms of geotechnical, if water rises, that tends to be a problem for us. It's always going to be trouble. Uh, so really being able to understand the impact on inf- existing infrastructure of uh, the movement and the changes of water that uh, have come because of climate change. So that's one of our grand challenges right now is going after that. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of work for defense. We can't do enough work right now in that area um, there's a lot of investment in uh, a lot of investment in timber we're working on uh, I'm involved in most of those efforts um, and then just being innovative uh, you know we've got to stretch every tax dollar a nickel a dime a 50 cents further so can we be innovative can we be better in the way we design things can we on my side can I go out and figure out what's under the ground and in and, uh, and uh, know the properties at a much more precise, uh, with little uncertainty. So then you can design with more certainty and not uh, and not have to over-design. So those are some of our grand challenges that we still face and we've always faced. Um, but you know, and then we're 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 hoping to get involved in other things. You know, we've we've uh, we talked to NASA about HABs for Mars. You know, and foundations for HABs for Mars. Um, but you know, could be many, many different areas. That, and and, and I, I literally had a, uh, I've had people contacting me about potentially identifying new products. How can we turn away from very traditional, old, expensive ways of building things to much more innovative with new equipment technology, smarter equipment, 
and uh, things that we can actually design on the fly now even. So um, working with the technology as a uh, is a big uh, big frontier for us too. So. Yeah, I'm glad we got guys like him working on it. I, I love being the tip of the spear. Uh, again, uh, I just these kind of interviews make me feel so bad for Purdue. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you hear them, you know, touted every now and then, and I'm just like, my gosh, not only facilities, we got the personnel. I mean, God. Well, before we go to, um, I, I know the timing of these. We usually um, record these podcasts, and they're a couple weeks later, but. There's a big basketball game this weekend, so I just want to make sure you're cheering for the right team, the right orange and blue. There's it's Navy. That's the one we got to cheer for this weekend. All right, Brian. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all can't be perfect. I mean, seriously, it is nice to know that we're all human. Yeah, when it, there there is a crack in the foundation, you yeah, know. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, can't thank you enough for joining us. And uh, you're going to have to say it now, though. Uh, War Eagle. Come War on. E- there War we- Eagle. War Eagle. <laughs> you're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering.